I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, everyone, to episode 270 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And during this episode, we welcome back Dr. Poison, Brad Dahl. It was always fun to chat to. People always give me a good response when I talk to Brad. Not only talks about all different music topics, but about his day job, usually. Different stories about people calling him on the Poison Hotline. Yeah, he's a real doctor of poisonomics, or however you say it. I don't know. Mixing up with uh, John Cena and Master of Thugonomics there. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. Hope you enjoy the episode. Um, please, I haven't said this in years. If you like the show, if you haven't done so, go to iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, I should say, and leave us a review. We haven't had a review in years. Say whatever you want, but make sure to give us a five-star review. <laughs> um, Podchaser is another one where, you know, they came on strong, but then like everything else, and this is kind of my gripe with Fireside as well. It's a cool platform. It's a great way to um, for people to find out shows and whatnot, Podchaser. But then it became all about the big shows, and I get it. You know, they bring in more avenue or more revenue, I should say. Um, for that platform. So I get it. You know, none of us want to work on something and not make money. So I understand completely. Hey, I try to run my own business. I try not to give my stuff away for free. So I get that. So either way, if you want to go on Podchaser, go on Apple Music and leave a review for the show. Um, Been Getting back into walking, if if you're a member of my Patreon, you know this, and been listening to a lot of different podcasts after a long time of not doing that, just not in the right headspace, and I feel that I'm there now. Um, I don't know. I, I also kind of stopped doing it. I mean, I'm being kind of honest here. Uh, I don't know if jealousy is the right thing to say or just being pissed off <laughs> when you listen to shows and stuff is just so inaccurate like some of the shit they're saying and you see people that just follow along just don't say anything about it and you know i don't know i put stuff up on facebook on social media you, you get five six seven twelve people maybe responding again my diehards from patreon usually and then you see other people putting up nonsensical shit and they're getting 120 responses, 200 responses. And you listen to the show and you think, fuck, I'm doing something better than this. You know, why, why can't I get that response? So I don't know. I, I try to not let that shit bother me. And when I'm listening to these shows, you know, I, I try to not become Andy Rooney. And you know what? I don't understand. That type of thing. So, yeah, just doing the best that I can here. Um, other thing that annoys me, reaching out to podcasters and sort of commenting on things. Like, maybe they talk about a specific subject. 
And you reach out and you want to comment on that subject because you know about it or you have an opinion or you agree with them or whatnot. And I don't know, is it suicidal tendencies? Is it Genesis? Is it nobody hears suicidal tendencies? Is it, um, the hell's the, the Genesis reference? Um, I don't know, whatever. It, it just annoys me. You reach out to someone, you take the time. Hey, but you know, this and that we haven't talked in a while. Listen to this. Totally agree with you here. You know, they could do this. They could do that. You know, I, I agree with what you're saying, blah, blah, blah. And ultimately crickets, nothing pisses me off. So you remember, oh yeah, that's why you didn't talk to this fucker. But yeah, so you think, okay, that mistake won't happen again. <laughs> Whatever. Here's Jeremy Weltman with Patrons Club. Hi, everyone. I'm back with another Patrons Pick for you, the weekly section in Victor's podcast, uh, where I go through all the releases that have been coming out over the past week or so. I sort of listen through as many as I can and make a few recommendations for you, including picking out one which I think is the best of the week. Last week, if you remember, I picked the Thunder album, which actually coincided with um, Victor actually writing his review on that. It was a superb album. It was going to be very difficult to follow. But there were a few other albums released this week that were still worthy of listen. The first one I'd like to point out is the new Robin Trower album. Now, it's not metal. Yes, I know. It's more of a bluesy, uh, sort of laid-back feel to it, as usual, from Robin Trower. The guy's, what, in his late 70s now. It's full of great drifting guitar work. It's um, clearly had an influence on the uh, Smith & Cotson group. Uh, you you can certainly hear the sound of his guitar very much like um, the stuff that you hear on the, on their album. And it's certainly worth a listen. It's really mellow stuff. Uh, it's great for the summer, and it's really hotting up here in the UK today. So um, certainly, certainly one that I, I quite enjoyed. Another one is Wofat's second album. Um, Wofat are on the Ripple Music label. It's called The Singularity, and as usual with Ripple Music stuff, it had a really nice groove to it. Some nice songs on it. Sometimes um, a little excessive in length, but it's an album that you need to sort of sit down and have a good listen to. There was also the Ramstein album or Ramstein with Zeit. Much of the same that you're used to with Ramstein. I'm not a massive fan of them, to be fair. I have seen a little bit of their act at download once. I've liked some of their stuff, <coughs> excuse me, in the past. And um, certainly worth a, worth a listen anyway. And so if you like Ramstein, I'm sure you've either purchased it already or have downloaded it. Another one I just wanted to mention in passing, I did quite enjoy it, was the new Ted Nugent album, Detroit Muscle. Ted, obviously very outspoken, more outspoken than many rock stars. He's obviously known for his uh, 70s and early 80s stuff where he did um, some really, you know, cracking metal, then sort of moved into a, a more melodic phase. This stuff on, on this album has a bit of the edge back, and I haven't listened to much of, much of his um, releases that he's done since the 80s, really. 
it's obviously got a theme throughout. Uh, it's all about uh, the U.S. nation and uh, the stuff that he likes to do that uh, makes him very American. If, um, if there are any major drawbacks on it, it's the lack of lyrics. Some of the songs he really just repeats and now and again the, the track's on there. But um, nevertheless, it's Ted. If you like a bit of Ted Nugent, why not give it a listen? But this week's patron's pick was not hard, really, to choose. It was actually a very good quality album from Crash Diet, the Swedish band. This is their sixth album, I believe. It's called Automaton. It's on Crusader Records. It has 12 songs on it, and it's about 44 minutes long. And the good thing about this is it really rocks in all the right places. Uh, um, There's a bit of power metal influence on there and a little bit of thrash, perhaps. But it's um, really sort of in the classic rock style. Uh, there's some good sort of 80s licks on there from Martin Sweet on guitar. And they also have a really decent singer who's in his second album now uh, by the name of Gabriel Keys. Very typical sort of Swedish style classic rock too. I like some of the, um, well, most of, mostly all of the songs on this, but the, a few that stood out to me were Dead Crusade. Uh, Resurrection of the Damned and Shell Shock. Um, in fact, the latter one sounds like it's a bit of a track that maybe Def Leppard should be making these days um, with that sort of chorus that they they kind of do. Uh, the CD of it is already out, and apparently the vinyl is due out in September and they're taking pre-orders. So this week's patron's pick is Crash Diet with Automaton. Thank you, Jeremy, for another patron's pick. And that one was one I could expect. You know, when he gives us one out of left field is when you go, oh, wow. Oh, damn. (laughs) How about that one? But uh, yeah, I could expect uh, him picking Crash Diet. Uh, Not for me, but something that he enjoys. You know, there's all different types of hard rock and metal for us to enjoy. No one's right. No one's wrong. You just like what you like. You know, there's just, I don't know. There, there are people that talk about, oh, well, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit this. Well, you kind of shouldn't because it is what it is. You like what you like and, and that's it, you know? So I thank Jeremy for his patrons pick. It's always fun to speak to him. It's always fun to have him here. He's one of the core diehards that uh, pretty much follows almost everything that I do. And for that, I thank him. And uh, as I usually do, I do want to thank my patrons real quick. And let's go oldest to newest. Let's go Steve Hoker, Jeremy Weltman, who we just heard from, Mike Jones, Brad Dahl, who's on today's show, Gabriel Ruiz, Mr. Chris Vaglio, we have Jose Ruiz, we have Metal Dan. We have Johan up in Sweden. We have Ed the Shred Ferguson. We have Stephen Saylor, Anthony Mackey in Ireland, and we have my brother Art. So there you go. I want to thank all of you guys for supporting me. Uh, I say this all the time, and I mean it. Um, it's a outstanding that people follow <laughs> this show when there's a million other things they can listen to. And I appreciate that you take the time out to listen to this or anything else that I do. Um, if you're not aware, I do trivia Tuesday on Twitch. Uh, we're going to be trying that out at an hour later because when there was daylight savings time, 
it seemed like more people were connecting. So I'm going to start it an hour later than usual because the only person that's really checking in uh, from this side of the world is Jeremy. And 11 p.m. on a Tuesday seems to work with him okay. So uh, if you're not aware with or you don't know how Trivia Tuesday works, you can use your phone, a tablet, or a computer. It's multiple choice questions. You just have to click on your screen on the right question or the right answer, I should say. The quicker you answer, more points you get or lose, depending on whether you get it right or not. So there's that caveat. And you have to determine whether you want to answer or not. It may, may, it may not make sense to answer because you may not know the answer and you may not want to lose points. So I get that. So got to play strategically. Also, there's the Fireside Show, which I do an hour before the Signals from Mars live stream on uh, Fridays. So that's usually 5 p.m. And actually, Trivia Tuesday as well. 5 p.m. Eastern for that. 2 p.m. Pacific uh, in the UK. It is... Um, actually, I just said we're doing it an hour later for Trivia Tuesday. So forget everything I'm saying. Fireside is 5 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. Pacific and 11 p.m. No, 10 p.m. in the UK. And with that, I go over new releases. I go over uh, some metal news and I talk to some of my diehards from Patreon. And it's only like that because they're the guys joining us on Fireside. If you want to join us on Fireside or on Facebook, Twitch or um, YouTube, where it's simulcast as well. I want to drop your comments there in the chat. You're more than welcome to do so. And I will read them during the show if I see them. And if you want to join us directly there on Fireside, please do so. You, the door is open. And when I bring people up on stage to talk, just say, hey, I want to chat. And I'll bring you up. And you can add your two cents on the topics that we're talking about. Or if you want to bring up your own topic, that is cool too. All of that is welcome. So um, we're going to move on to the interview portion or chat portion with Brad. This is from last, um, not last week, but the week before Signals from Mars uh, live show. And this is the audio version. Hope you guys enjoy. It's always fun to talk to Brad. Wow. Uh, I, I apologize. I forgot to create a new intro. So I found an old intro, which mentioned Brad and I used it. And it's one of these old uh, <laughs> videos that is like 10 minutes long. So <laughs> that's all right. I am. Um, I was playing along with the intro music there. I see that you play a half step down. So either uh, that bass is tuned up too high. Are you just like playing E flat? No, actually, that's uh, tuned D. Actually, what? Yeah, it's a the the bottom string is is tuned to D, so it's a full step down. Okay, fair enough. 
You said half step, so that would be E flat. Well, yeah, that's what I was at. What well, anyway, I was playing it, it was E flat, which by the way, get a get a load of this. The uh the Phoenix 1004 is what this is. Wow. Took, took me six months to get this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, thank thank you. Uh well, Indonesia is where these are all made. But uh guy, this thing sounds great. Funny enough. If you had been uh, watching the Fireside show, uh, you could see that I had a guitar from Indonesia behind me as well. Ah, where is that? But this is an Ibanez. Oh, okay. Seven strings. Well, yeah, I've only got four, but I do like the reverse headstock on this, though. That's a nice touch because the the original Phoenixes had the regular headstock. And uh, this this thing's pretty badass, man. Not gonna lie, fun fun stuff. Oh, looks looks really nice. Absolutely. Um, w- what do you think of the Gene Simmons G two Thunderbird? You know, because um, that's kind of what I was going for. I can't, I've always felt. Well, I shouldn't say always, but it seemed like about eight years ago, all the shows I was going to, all the hard rock shows, almost every bass player had a Thunderbird, and. Yeah. It was funny. I went and saw um, L.A. Guns. This is before. Uh, this is the Phil, uh, the Stephen Riley version. But Phil was still in the band then. Okay. And uh, their bass player, I can't remember who who he was, but I, I I met these guys backstage and was chatting with them. And I was like, dude, let me check out your Thunderbirds. And he got a little embarrassed because they were Epiphones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, dude, there's nothing to be embarrassed about, man. I mean, you know, it's it's not like. It's not like you guys are playing arenas and it's not like Gibson is going here, have, have a base. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that was when I interviewed, um, uh, um, Nicholas Dumont from, uh, ugly Kings. He had ESPs, his Thunderbirds and oh. he didn't care. He said, you know, I, I love the way they look. I love the way they sound. And, Got to tell you, for a long time there, a lot of the Yepis sounded better than than the Gibsons that sounded that were thousands of dollars more. Right. So, well, no, I, I'm getting quite a collection of the uh, ESP LTDs here, and I got to say, this one is bu- built built beautifully, neck through. Yeah, and uh, it's set up uh, just fantastic. So, uh, I'm very happy with it. So there, there you go. My other, well, show, we'll do one more show and tell before we go on to topics here. This one here, this is a, this is Michael Kelly. Okay. Um, you know, which I think he's in New York, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere, somewhere around there. And uh, this thing here, this is their pinnacle base. And I'm going to tell you, this is probably the most just, beautifully made instrument that I own. And it's not the most expensive instrument that I own. So um, yeah, this guy, I, I got to give a shout out to Michael Kelly. Good, good stuff here. So really different sound too. This is the okay. most unique sounding bass that I, that I own. Um, so from that aspect, it's kind of fun to get something that's like, Oh, it sounds just like all my other bases. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's, Something that I've always tried to do with the guitars that I have is that they've got different pickups or there's something to them to, you know, for, for me to, to get something that, um, 
even if it's the same model, I have two. Um, um, damn it! Why the hell can't I think of his last name now? And I can picture him in my head. Damn it! Um, there you Paul, go. My problem. Paul Gilbert. I have oh, two. I have two different Paul Gilbert fireman guitars. The finish are completely are completely different. The finishes and the pickups are completely different. Ah. They sound completely different as well. So that's kind of what I was are going those, Are those like the reverse Iceman where you've got the horn up here rather than having it down on the bottom, the long horn? Oh, he's going to show us good, even better. Yo, Johan is saying play something on your bass. So. Oh, <laughs> I, I would love to, Johan. Uh, I, I was not prepared for a recital, though. <laughs> I'm barely pre I'm barely prepared to do this. I've been up since 5 a.m. and it's now 4 p.m. something, and I've been talking all day. I had a lot of calls today, so my voice is pretty hammered. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't miss this for the world, man. Anytime I get to hang out with you, Victor, I I will stop everything. Okay, yeah, that is that that's that's a beautiful beautiful guitar. Yeah. So nah, this is the original. Yeah. The yeah. re-single coil, but they're they're wound um they're wound three times as much as a regular single coil. So okay. they give you the same output as a humbucker. Nice. So I that see uh Jose joining us in the chat. Hello, Jose. Hope you are hey, well. Jose. Is he uh back in Connecticut now? Yes, he is. Okay, wasn't he over there for a while? Yeah. Oh, very cool. I, I assume you got to hang out with him. We did for a night. Okay. So, so another interesting thing happened. For some reason, I'm trying to remember what I was looking for, but I had to clean out one of my drawers. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I came across two things, and I'm like, I don't even remember getting these. Um, the first one here is a, let's see, Dirk Schneider pick. Okay. It's a fitty, fitty pick. I mean, it's quite fitting that I got the fitty pick because it's bass player. Um, ooh, that's beautiful. Now, wait, let's see the pickups on that one. Are they, they're different, right? Yeah. So they're two humbuckers. They're, they're like, um, traditional, they're like mini P90s. Okay. But so, they yeah. sound completely different. And of course, this year he's come out with another one that has a natural wood finish mm. and it's got three humbuckers. Nice. So, yeah, he's he's a good guitar player. So yeah, so Dirk Snyder, who uh, big fan of Udo. I actually, you know, I got to say something about his covers album. You know, I went in uh, listening to that. I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but I started out listening to it, and I, you know, I expected. I, I've kind of got to the point where covers albums. I I figure they're all going to suck. Right. But I actually liked it. I mean, up until when he like when he started playing songs that I knew really well, like a man on a silver mountain, I mean, it was okay, but it was just like, it's not much different where the other songs, uh, songs I weren't very familiar with. And I assume they weren't big rock songs. They rocked them up really good. It was, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and good production too. You, so, need, you need to listen to this week's uh, podcast because Jeremy's patrons pick. He talks quite a bit about the album and he actually says that he likes the man on the silver mountain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I, of course I'm going to listen to it. Jeez. 
Okay, so and I wish Jeremy was here because this is the other uh, coup de gras that uh, that I found. Oh wow! And it's the uh, yeah, it's the Saxon pick, right? Which it is not identified by any person. It just has the website on the back. <laughs> and I, I don't remember how I got this one either. I don't know if somebody in the band gave it to me or 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 what. But I'm pretty sure the Dirk Snyder one I got uh, when I saw him in um, Phoenix, which okay. I just got from, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I, I must have, I was in the front row and maybe he threw one or something and I caught it, which, Hey, things happen, kids. Is it possible that the Saxon one you got after interviewing, um, Biff maybe? No, Biff doesn't carry a pick. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's possible. One of those guys I did talk to, uh, I've interviewed everybody in that band, by the way. I just haven't, the only one I haven't released, you ever done this? You ever done an interview that you haven't released yet? You're just still sitting yes. on it for three Absolutely. years. I've, I've got a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the, I, I was telling the the tour manager, I said, guy, the, you know, I the only person I haven't talked to is Nibs. And they were getting ready to do sound check. And he said, Nibs, get down here and talk to this guy. So he came down and gave me about six minutes. And I talk about, Again, super nice guy. And he talked to me until they said, you got to get your ass up here because we, we need to play a song. Right. So he's like, oh, got to go. And um, yeah, of course, he's a bass player. So why isn't he going to be a nice guy? I mean, right. Gee, well, yeah. I mean, as we all know, it's uh, the bass players and the drummers are the two nicest people in the band, typically. <laughs> Lead singers, guitar players. Come on, you guys, you guys got to bring it. You got to bring the, bring the, the love. You got to be a little bit nicer. I don't know. Ask ask Rex Brown why he doesn't play guitar then. Oh, he does. Didn't he play? He played guitar on his uh, solo album that he did. Yeah, if you call it that. But yeah, okay. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that album. I you know I heard interviews with him uh, when that album was coming out, and I'm like, wow, this sounds really cool. And yeah. of course, I mean, you're not going to, as you say, you're not going right. to come out there and say, well, my album sucks. Right. Um, so I bought it like a dumbass. I bought it, and I'm like, there's nothing really good on here. No. That I enjoy lyrics I mean, are really bad and and yeah. they're repetitive uh he, he does the singing which uh, i think we kind of talked about ingve singing before i think he, i would take ingve's singing over rex's singing yeah rex is trying to sing like gene simmons and i've heard him do like a, a kiss cover and okay he can pull it off but of course the, this this is an argument that i heard years ago when american idol started and there was somebody who said, okay, that's great. You can sing a song like so Artist X, yeah. but you're copying them. What can you do in your style? Ooh. And that's, you know, it's kind of the same thing where, you know, you have people that can emulate someone. They can, they do a great job at covers, but when it comes to writing their own material or doing their own material, they're just not good. They're very pedestrian. Yeah. Um, I got to say, it, I'll, I'll say one thing in their defense, if they haven't been singing for very long, is that it, it I think it's kind of tough to, because I think naturally we, we don't like to hear our own voices. Right. When it's recorded. So I, I think that that's a tough thing starting out. When you first hear your voice, you're like, ooh, I don't know, man. And so right. you try to um, <laughs> get used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I finally, it's taken me, uh, you know, 50 years to finally develop my own singing voice. And I, I'm not going to say it's great, but 
um, people, you know, anytime I do sing, I've never had anybody go, yeah, you should let the other guys sing. And it's like, yeah, I've done shows where people are like, Hey, you should let Brad sing more. Like, no, I'm busy playing bass, man. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've, I've always been told the opposite. I've always been the guy that's been told, let, let the other person sing. So, uh, my brother, I think, I think it was art that threw shade on you a week or so. He's never, he's never liked yeah, because I, I was suggesting we sing happy birthday to somebody, and Art yeah. was like, "Don't let Victor sing." Yeah, well, I've I've heard I've done shows, and I've heard the opposite. So, it's their own. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be haters out there. So, um, yeah. no, no, we can't we can't all be popular. Hey, it's four twenty. Is Here. it? Yeah. So. There you go, guys. For those of you who go for that kind of thing, this is your spot. Light them up. Light it is. Up. It is twelve twenty here. Speaking of light them up, I played um, Van Halen two this morning. Ooh, um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Woke up um, and you know trying to rebound after a kind of a crappy day yesterday, and I woke up today and I had, I had the. Um, the beginning of bottoms up in my head, just that Eddie, like um, playing away with his two fingers. Yep. And, and I was like, I got to listen to bottoms up because that's a song where, you know, I hear the chorus and I can't help, but sing along to it, you know, and I, I, you know, for as much press as the first album gets, I much prefer Van Halen two over the first album. Um, I there's so much off of that first album that's just been played so much. There's things that I just can't stomach listening to anymore, but the songs off of Van Halen too, I mean, are just crazy good. And I mean, I get it. They were, you know, they were around when they recorded the first album um, because they were songs that they had, you know, played a lot in the clubs, but you're no good. Dance the night away. Somebody get me a doctor. Bottoms up. Out of love again. Light up the sky. Dead or alive. Oh, Women dead or alive and beautiful girls. Yeah. Yeah. You're. You're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to agree with you on this. I think their second album is is their best one. Yeah. Well, uh, to me, I I put up. I turned or I started at bottoms up, and I think bottoms up to the end. There's there's not a a weak song in the group. The weakest song is the cover when you say you're no good. Yeah. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah. When you look at the album cover before you even put the out, drop the needle on it. It's like first song, you're no good. Okay. Well, let's see if that's true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and before that album even came out when they were recording it, I remember there's a lot of press about this. And they were, and Michael Anthony was talking about this great bass solo that was on the album. And of course, as a bass player, I'm like, ooh, you know, it's like, yeah. So it was his his kind of eruption going into You're No Good. Well, when you put the album on, all of a sudden it's like, well, they cut out the first three minutes of the bass solo and just zoomed right into the faded right into the song. It was pretty funny. I said, well, that, that's not very nice. You, you, you get the... Um what sounds like the uh well mating uh sounds yep, yep. The brrr, 
Yeah. 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 What the Got like hell? a chorus and a flanger on there. And yeah, 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 yeah. Which I have to say this, uh, the first time I saw them, um, I don't remember him doing a bass solo that first album. Um, I do remember them wasting so much time. It was unbelievable between songs because, of course, they only had one album out. But uh, the second time, oh, when was it? Oh, it was on uh, after the first album with Sammy and it was on the Monsters of Rock. Right. And he did a bass solo, and it was one of the worst things I've ever experienced. From <laughs> and I, I started believing all the, you know, it's not really him playing bass on the albums. It's Eddie playing bass on the albums. I started buying right. into that. But, and I know you're not a big chicken foot fan, but I'm going to tell you right now that his bass playing on that chicken foot stuff is top shelf, man. That dude can really play. Yeah. So. Not, not, not a, not a fan of I, that. At all. And I'm, I'm not a big Sammy Hagar fan whatsoever. It's funny because when those Van Halen albums were coming out, I really liked them. But then as time went on, I was like, these songs just don't speak to me anymore. You know, it's just, and, and I mean, I have, you know, I have my Van Halen playlist open here. I mean, there's a lot off of 5150 that I like, but again, that's kind of stuff they did right after 1984 with David Lee Roth in mind. You know, there isn't a whole heck of a lot that Sammy wrote on that. Um, OU812, there's three songs on here. That was the album they were touring on when they did Monsters of Rock. Yeah. Right. I actually liked a lot of that album. Um, for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, I got that the day it came out. Yeah. There's, That's like, probably my favorite one that they did with Sammy. Okay. And I then, saw it before as well. Balance, I have one song on here. Yeah, that's not a good album. Yeah. Um, which, one, which one off Balance? Hamsterdam? No, don't tell me what love can do. I actually like the the opening of that. Yeah, okay. The, I guess that, that's possibly a drop D with a flanger on it. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, know, when I, saw, when I saw him on the Monsters of Rock, you know, which was a great concert, by the way, because you had uh, Kingdom Come, right. Metallica, who, even though I wasn't a big Metallica fan at the time, and I'd seen them before, a couple of times before, uh, we actually found ourselves singing along with uh, Seek and Destroy there at the, at the end of their set. So, so oh, wow. good, good on them. They were, they were good. And then Dawkin was uh, Dawkin, even though they, they talk about how bad they were on that tour, they were really good on that show. This is in Spokane, Washington, because they right. didn't play there. And, uh, or as Klaus, when he came on, Spokane, Spokane! <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the Scorpions were off the charts good and then van halen came on and they kind of started off with an argument and then they weren't sure what they were going to start with and they'd kind of jumped into summer nights i don't know if that's what they were opening up the rest of the tour with but that's what they ended up opening this then after that eddie and um sammy got in a fight uh talking about what they were going to play next and eddie was just kind of like ah, it's hot i want to go back to the hotel and drink and Sammy's like, look, we got all these people here, man. We got to play a show. And it was it was like the most like we could give a shit shows I've ever seen. I mean, I, I, I guess I actually should have thrown that as my worst show rather than Ario Spudwagon. 
that I that I threw, <laughs> threw them under the bus last week. Right. Uh, I mean, Van Halen. At least at least those guys are good. <laughs> right. So I mean, they they didn't have the excuse that Ario Speedwagon had, um, and and at least they had a singer who could sing. So. Uh, but yeah, the, the fact that they just, it, it was the most phoned in show I've ever seen. It was just, yeah, I was hate. And then when I saw them on the four lawful, but anyway, the F U C K tour, they were really good. That was so, yeah, everybody was hitting on all cylinders. So good show. Yeah. Did, did they, did Van Halen inadvertently kill the monsters of rock in the U S with them, you know, with doing stuff like that throughout that whole tour I know I'd heard that Dokken was hit or miss on that tour as well. I know yeah. somebody saw them in New York and they told me that, um, that George's guitar kept cutting out cause it kept mm. picking up, um, like frequencies from a local, um, airport tower and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a spinal tap moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, you listen to the Dawkins guys talk about that tour. They say that they were awful because they were so stoned when they went on. They were just so wasted. And right. that's, that's not, it that didn't look that way to me when they were on. Don singing at the top of his, you know, uh, his voice was hitting on all cylinders, just hitting every note, screaming. I mean, you know, yeah. And they were really good, really, mm-hmm. really good. It sounded great. So. I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so it was, it, it was still, it was still worth going to see the doggone thing. We had a blast. So. Well, that's all that mattered. Yeah. That, <laughs> that know, is all that mattered. Yeah. As long as you enjoy the show, you know, Yeah. nothing else matters. Now, now speaking of shows, can we just jump right into the topic yeah. I want to hit on? Um, yep. So next week I'm going to M3. For those of you who don't know, it's a music festival. So this is its 13th year uh, in uh, just outside of Baltimore, Maryland. And I went, I guess, four years ago, five years ago uh, okay. for the first time. And I wasn't, I, I wasn't like all excited by the bands that were on the bill. And I just thought, oh, I'll just go. But I, I had a hundred percent good time. I, and the venue is just fantastic. The sound is fantastic. They got the stage that spins around. So mm-hmm. once one band's done, their stuff's already turning and the next band's coming on. And, and uh, I, yeah, so it, it, most bands get like 30, 40 minutes tops, except for the two, the two end bands. So if you get a band that you don't like, you don't have long before you got another band coming on. You got barely enough time to go to the bathroom and come back and there's another band coming on. And I had such a good time. I'm like, I'm coming back next year. And so I did. And then uh, last year, uh, you know, it was postponed for a year for COVID. Last year, they finally got it going. It's usually the first weekend of May. But last year, they ended ha- up having it on 4th of July weekend because things had kind of settled down then. And Shelly went with me, my wife. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of prepared not to really have a good time. And she had she had a great time. In fact, she's like, I want to go next year. So we are both going. Uh, this we're leaving tomorrow, flying to Baltimore. I usually, I, I've got a good buddy that lives in D.C., and we spend some time hanging out with him, and uh, go to a few baseball games, and the you know just kind of hang out for the week prior to. But uh, so let's look at this lineup here. I want to get plus. Oh, also, I'm going to wear. I'm going to wear. Uh, let's see this shirt. Oh wow! 
I'm going to wear this one of those days that we're there. So cool. I'm going to try to pimp out your show as well as pimp out Yard, yard Metal because everybody should listen to Yard Metal. Absolutely. <laughs> we need CEO, to if you don't believe me, ask CEO Dave. He will tell you you should be listening to Yard Metal. He's not wrong. So, okay, so the very first day, Friday's usually kind of a short set. Usually they only have a couple of bands playing. Uh, Kicks traditionally headlines it. There was only one year when they didn't headline it. I think it was the first year that I went or Tom Kiefer, they put him on the Friday bill and he refused to go on before kicks. Uh, and I, if you go, if you go over to uh, my, uh, the yard metal uh, YouTube page, you can hear my interview with Steve Whiteman and of kicks. And he talks about this. And uh, so, so it was kind of handed out. It's like, Hey, we, we refuse to go on before, before you guys. And Steve says, I don't care. I'll, we'll play before you guys. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know if Metal Dan's out there listening. I know he's a big Kicks fan. Um, first time I saw, that was the first time I saw Kicks, and I was blown away. I mean, they were so unbelievably good. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I like their songs, but I, I ended up loving that band after seeing them. Uh, they were a town show for them, too, because they're from yeah. that area. Yeah, which is, I mean, you think about it, you don't want to go on after, after that. them. Yeah. No. I'm no, thinking, as, as you're saying that, I'm like, that's yeah. that's stupid. Because yeah. no matter how good Tom Kiefer is, he's Every, not gonna. They're not gonna pay the same attention to him as nope. as they will with Kicks. Plus, Tom Kiefer's been doing this. I want to be the Black Crows thing for the last how many years? And and all I hear is people saying, "Can you just play the fucking Cinderella songs the way you wrote them?" You know, uh, as opposed to just, you know, doing shit on the keyboards and making sure that your wife gets a verse in and making, you know, there's there's all this shit that people are like, just play the fucking Cinderella songs, you know? Yeah. You know? So so anyway, so, yeah, Kicks was unbelievably great. Tom Kiefer comes on and I'm telling you right now, everybody I've talked to that has seen Cinderella seen you know they just raved about how well, these you these guys are so good live so good live and Tom Kiefer is so good live right and his band is so good which i i can't deny that his band that he has with him now they're good players in that but he he walked on stage and he looked like he they just pulled him out of the bus and he'd been like <laughs> sleeping sleeping under something i mean his hair was all just you know Still had pillow lines on his face yeah he was wearing like the sweatpants like tracksuit and a T-shirt that barely covered things that were kind of hanging out below. I mean, he he looked rough, man. He looked really rough. And then he started singing. And guess what? He sounded rough. I was like, I don't know that I can sit through an hour of this, man. I really don't. I, I mean, it through um, when his wife came out and said, is it, you don't know what you've got till it's gone? Is that the song? I'm not a big Cinderella. So yeah. it's kind of a ballad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and his wife sings half of it or whatever, and they face each other. They play keyboards facing each other, and it's you know all the women are like, "Oh, it's so wonderful." And I'm just sitting there, just going, "I got to leave her. I'm going to throw up." I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, no was, good. Yeah, it was it was awful. So I, I I'm I'm going to say I actually walked out after about six or seven songs. I'm like, <laughs> I can't, I'm, I can't. I can't do this whole thing. I just can't. Do I am not things. Mr. Weltman. I am not a ballad guy. So no, that would have killed no. me. Yeah. But it was just the, I, there wasn't even the songs that I kind of liked the Cinderella songs. I kind of liked, they weren't good. 
Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. Uh, you know, their first album is ridiculously good, in my opinion. Night Songs is great, beginning cool. to end. Cool. But then after that, mm, hit or miss for me. All right, so let's look at the lineup here. We got uh, so Friday, the short day, day. They've actually got four bands playing, which is uh, I think unheard of. The first band is Count Seventy Seven, which is um, right. Uh, what's his name? Danny Coker from uh, right. Count, yeah, from you know building the motorcycles and all that. Yep. Seems like he's a really good dude. I don't know the music that well. Um, it's okay, I mean, I, I almost got to interview him with Mark years ago, cool. and instead he canceled and just spoke to Mark like during the week and and I listened to the album then it's just you know it's an okay rock band guy with a lot of money owns a venue does all you know TV and and all those custom things and seems like a nice guy yeah I do have to say that it's one of my favorite clubs to go see a band in Counts Vamped in Las Vegas I've right. been to several shows there and and because everybody likes to be the beautiful people and sit at the tables it's really easy to go right up to the front of the stage and it's, it's pretty badass. And the sound there is really good. The people there are very nice. So um, I'm going to, I don't, I don't know what to expect from them. I guess I'm going to expect pretty decent uh, rock songs. They're probably not going to play for more than 30 minutes. So I will. Uh, so I will give you my feedback. Well, yeah, you'll be, you'll be, if you watch my Snapchat, you'll get my uh, on, on point feedback. And who knows, maybe I'll be doing Fireside from there next week. Wow. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so the next band is a guy that I re- I've kind of been trying to get more into. And I kind of like a lot of the stuff I've heard. Lizzie Borden. What's your take on Lizzie? Okay. Um, I got to see him a few years ago. It was supposed to be John Sykes, then Lizzie. Mm-hmm. And instead, they canceled and Lizzie played instead. And it was okay. You know, not the hugest. Lizzie Borden fan, but it was exciting. You know, it was what you'd expect from a LA band and, you know, two bikini bikini clad women came out with him and, and stuff. And one of them is the wife of the drummer, Joey Scott. I've talked to Joey over the years here and there. So it was cool. All right. So, so I'm to expect a decent rock show. I think I saw him posting something online that he needed to put a band together. So uh, I kind of I, I'm not quite ready to put myself out there yet, but I, I'm I'm watching those things because hey, you need a bass player. Um, there you I'm, go. I'm I'm gonna I'm going to be ready to go August first. Uh, all right, so Lizzie Borden, I'll let you know what I think of uh, Lizzie and his set. Okay. And I'm gonna try to bone up on his songs. I think that his big song was "We uh, Me Against the World." Is that what yes. it is? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mark I think that all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's a pretty catchy song. Uh, I'll give him that. It rocks. It kind of gets a little bit, a little bit long at the end. It probably cut it off a little bit sooner, but that's okay. Uh, the next is Doro. Oh wow! You ever seen Doro? I haven't, but she invited me to have a beer with her once. Oh, tell us that story. <laughs> I interviewed her. Nice. And, and I said, you know, it sucks because when you're gonna be here. I'm going to be in the States. Mm. And she goes, Oh, you're kidding me. And she started saying, Oh, I own a house out in New York. And that's where I spend most of my time and, and this and that. And, um, and she says, well, 
just know that I had a great time. The next time that um, that you come to one of my shows, just you know, mention that that um, that you interviewed me or whatever. We'll we'll have a beer together and whatnot. You know, just so I can say thank you for interviewing me. I'm like, uh, okay, sure. All right, I'm going to put this to the test. I'm actually I'm going to I'm going to hit her up. Okay, I'm going to say, hey, good buddies with with Victor. Often on the sequence remarks. Like, like you, she's going to remember, you know, 10 years he later. Said, you, he interviewed you and you said, hey, next time you're at a show, let's let's hang out. It, you know, maybe at least I can get her to do a little uh, radio promo thing. I don't need to do an interview, but uh, um, there's two, there's enough of those out there. Uh, and then after that, it, well, there's fireworks. Hey. Which last, year, last year was the first year they did this that I know of. They did fireworks because it was the 4th of July. And they were okay. badass fireworks, man. I'm going to tell you, it was one of the best displays I've ever seen. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Don't take Molly. Oh no, no, she wouldn't. She would like the bands because she likes, uh, she likes hanging out with bands. She doesn't like, she doesn't like live drums. So okay. that, that's too much for her. Uh, but then Kicks will close it out. We've already talked about Kicks, so I, I'm expecting them to put on a very pro show. Yeah. Uh, which again, there, there again, Kicks is always a band. Whenever it would come on, uh, Shelly would be like, "Yeah, let's go to the next song," and she she fell in love with them after seeing them. I mean, you, that that was pretty cool. Okay, so the next day, Saturday, which is the all day thing, where it starts at like noon. The first band is Lillian Axe. Okay, now, I don't know a bunch of their music. I know I have played the uh, one of their songs before, but what do you know about these guys? Um, I've played a few songs from them over the years and I, um, I believe that when I used to do the live show with Mark, that he interviewed one of the members and I just kind of just did the, you know, the, the co-host thing and just Mark you know, take the reins because I didn't know much about the band. Like I, I used to play a song of theirs called crucified, which was that came out in like the early nineties. I believe I thought the song was cool, but a song that they've never really played again. And a song that isn't available anywhere at this point. So interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what I, what I think about them. I mean, they're going to come on at like 11 or or noon or something and get like 30 minutes, which that for me, that for the band, that kind of sucks. Right. If they're good. Right. <laughs> well, or they can do what, what I did with my uh, covers band at a awards gala here. They said, you guys have 15 minutes. Well, 15 minutes is more than enough to play. I think we played like 27 songs by the misfits. We didn't stop. We rehearsed playing 15 minutes straight and that's yep. all we did one after the other. That's so. awesome, man. I wish more bands would do that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, that, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Okay. So the next band then is Vane. What's okay. your, what's your experience with, uh, is Danny Vane? Is that the guy? That is, uh, Davey Vane. Davey Vane. Excuse me. Yes. And it was something with start with a D and ended with a Y. Yes, I actually have everything that Vane has released. I have Davey's solo album. Wow. Um, he also produced Early Testament. He's he's worked with a lot of heavier bands than 
than what he's known for because he's from the Bay Area as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that first Vane album, I remember Eddie Trunk was playing Beat the Bullet before that even came out. And I remember seeing the video on MTV. And it was one of these things where if you remember with MTV, it would say the band, the song in quotes, the album. And the record and company. The record company. And then later on, they added the director of the video. But mm. it was always a big deal to me when you saw, in this case, Vane beat the bullet, Geffen Records. Mm. Because it was only the single. The single came out like a year and a half before the album even dropped. Um, but that first album had... Um, Beat the Bullet, Who's Watching You, and um, what was the other song? Um, 10,000 Degrees, I think, was the third single. So okay. that that album is really good. Um, I think that, not to say anything was bad, but I think as time went on, you could tell that, you know, there was less left in the well, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, the songs weren't bad, but they just weren't as good. His solo album has some really cool stuff on it though. Hmm. I really like that. So you've never seen them though. I've never seen them. Okay. I have at uh, M3, like a couple of M3s ago. And they were like one of the first bands. And I, I almost like showed up late because I'm like, ah, do I really want to, you know, get a, drag my ass out of bed and and right. get there and see this? But I did because okay. you know, hey, I'm 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 turning into you, Victor. I'm giving everything a chance. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say something's not good until I at least listen to it twice. Okay. okay? And I'm gonna tell you what, damn, they were really good. I mean, really good. Uh, I just sat there. I I I I know Mark Mark was there. He was down in you know where all the beautiful people hang out, and I'm sitting up with the <laughs> the regular people. Dion's. Yeah, but so I texted him and I said, "Geez, who knew Vane was this good?" And he said he came back and he says, "I know, right?" I'm like, yeah, I, they were really good. I was, yeah, yeah. I, cool. I, I got I got the set list, and I'm playing uh, the every song that they played in that show. I, I'm playing on Yard Metal right now because I wow. thought it was good. So I'm going to stretch out. I'll, I'll buy the whole first album since you say it's good. See that? Yeah, I trust. I trust your your opinion. Okay, oh. Bill, you look. I can see your name. It says in bright lights. It says Bill Elam. We all know who you oh, are. Yeah. Biller. Look at that. You did it. Hey, Bill. Hey, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us, Bill. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Um. All right, so Vane, I'm looking forward to that. Now, the next band is a real uh, puzzle to me because they've been on the bill every year at M3. Okay. And every year, they don't show up. Loudness. Yeah, yeah, loud. No, loudness, they were on the bill until they weren't. These guys are like on the marquee, you know, like they're on the, the, on everything, like the day of the show, they're coming on. And it's like, ah, no. It's a band called Heaven's Edge. Okay. Now, I, I, they're huge. I guess they're like the most requested band to play at M3. So they're obviously big in Baltimore. I think right. they're... That's what I was going to say. 
Are they from Philly or Jersey or? They're not from Jersey that I okay. know of. All right. I know nothing about these guys. I don't know one song. I I, I, th- I thought about, I got to do a deep dive on these guys since everybody loves them so much. And I thought, well, hell, if they're not going to show up, I don't, I'm not going to spend the time to listen to their music. Right. So I don't, I don't know what their deal is, but I will. They're from guess, Philly. They're from Philly. Okay. That makes sense. So again, if you're following me on Snapchat, you're going to find out right when everybody else finds out if these guys actually show up or, or if it's one of, um, Terry Luce's bands. <laughs> I think I think they threw him in there. Or, or, you know, they it's usually at the last minute they get some guys in there and yeah, squeeze them in. Okay, so Heaven's Edge. I know nothing about them. Anybody else? Any anybody in the chat know about these guys? No. Okay. Um, I'll I'll let you. I I will let you know what I think of these guys if they show up. If they don't show up, I'm just going to say, well, I'm not so sure they exist. Uh, so the next the next act is Tony Harnell. Okay. In parentheses, it says the voice of TNT. TNT, right? Yeah. Which the dude can sing. Um, I, I I don't know what his set. I'm I'm curious to see what kind of a set he does. Have you ever seen this guy live before? I have not. I know that he uh, is friends with uh, Chris from Decibel Geek. They. Uh, speak frequently. He's had him at the Rock and Pod Expo. Nice. I believe more than once. Um, I think I saw somewhere that uh, he was going to be doing a set of um, of TNT songs, but I could okay. be wrong. I actually like a, a lot of that TNT stuff. I kind of did a little bit of a deep dive in them after. Um, I don't know. I heard something. I was like, yeah, I need to check these guys out more. Plus they're from Norway. He's not obviously, but that the rest of the band is. And that guitar player is, is kind of silly. Good. Uh, are, are they from Norway? He's, he's from New York. I know that. No, he uh, is. Yeah. They got him because none of them could speak English and they figured how far are we going to go singing a Norwegian? <laughs> I mean, we don't even, uh, you don't even think Johan will listen to us. <laughs> That's my bad Swedish accent. Is, isn't it close to Norwegian? Yeah. Can well, we still be friends, Johan? <laughs> I think Johan may be asleep at this time. Oh, good for him. He needs to sleep. Um, all right. Well, I will, I'll let you know. what. So here's, here's, the, here's the question of the day. Do you think he's going to do any Skid Row songs? <laughs> um, I would say no. Yeah. That kind of ended badly. I don't know what what went wrong there, but that ended badly. Yeah, I don't I don't know in that I mean, uh, I, I kind of get the feeling that if they're going to say, "Okay, you have to pick one of your old singers to come back in the band." I kind of get the feeling they might pick Sebastian over him after what I've heard them say. I don't yeah, know. I I don't know. That was kind of weird. Um I know that he can be interesting at times. I'll just okay. leave it at that. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know. That wasn't. That's that's weird. I you know who I always thought would be a good fit for Skid Row, and I'm surprised they they never went after him. Vince Neil. <laughs> <laughs> 
Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. Wait, Sorry, to, that's going to be my weekly thing whenever I'm on here. Is machine. I'm going to have to throw out a Machine Gun Kelly reference. Okay. Wait, uh, wait, no, wait, tell me. Wait. I'm curious who, who you think would be good in Skid Row. Shut devil and. Let me play that again. I don't think you heard it. That's Vince. But oh, um, <laughs> the, the person that I thought would be the perfect fit for Skid Row was uh, Ray West from Spread Eagle. Ooh. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Because I think that vocally he could do it. He could also add like another layer of like his voice isn't exactly like Sebastian's. Um, mm. It's, it's unique. It's distinct, but I think that it would work well with, with the Skid Row songs. So I always thought, I'm like, why don't they, these guys ever go after Ray West? See, Bill is saying I could see him. Fit. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that, that's spread Eagles, a band that I've kind of gotten into um, when they put out the album a couple of years ago, you know, they're kind of getting back together album. And I thought, man, there's some cool stuff on here. I thought, oh, I'm going to pick up their first couple albums. And they, there's actually some really good music there. First two, two albums are great. And I will say that I had my worst interview experience with Ray West and it wasn't his fault. No. I started coughing and I could not stop coughing for like 40 minutes. I was coughing and I asked, I gave one of the people that was in the studio with me. I was in college radio. I said, can you go buy me like an orange juice or something? They went to the cafeteria. Nope. No orange juice. I'm like, did you buy me water? Nope. I'm like what the fuck? Uh, you know? So I kept coughing and I just had to end the interview. There, there was no, you know, there was nothing else I could do. And he was on there like a champ, but uh, yeah, those first two albums are, are great. So um, the, the new album to me is kind of missing the aggressive edge that he had, that he used with his voice on those first two albums. And he has another band called a weapon of the new, and he sings with that, Aggressive mm. style with them, but he doesn't with Skid Row. I don't know. Kind of weird. Are you, yeah. Spread Eagle. Yeah. You know, okay. Uh, interesting. I'll, I'll next time I, I'll listen to some Spread Eagle and see if I, that kind of fits for me. But we're going to talk about uh, the skid, the, the skids here. Okay. Pretty soon. Cause now, oh, wait a second. Yeah, they are. Okay. All right. I was thinking, man, did they get taken off the bill? All right. So my next, um, the next one up is, is I like the way that they're just like grabbing singers rather than bands and putting them out there. Cause the next one is hello, El Paso, Stephen Percy. Uh, I'm fully expecting him to not know where the hell he is when he gets on stage. And, uh, but him in, in quotes are not quotes, but in parentheses, it says the voice of rat. Yeah. Of like, Cause you know, if, if you're, I don't know, I'd feel kind of bad if I was Stephen, well, I'd feel kind of bad if I was Stephen Piercy, but I'd feel really bad if <laughs> that, that I had to have that on the marquee, you know, it's like, nobody's going to know who this guy is. So right. you got to, you know, I, I get Tony Harnell, that because I mean, let's face right. it, who's, 
besides present company here, who who would know who Tony Harnell is? Um, yeah, I, I totally get them doing that. But uh, Stephen Piercy, I've seen him do his solo thing once, and and it was it was all right. It kind of it kind of reminded me of a uh, what you, you know you'd walk into a bar and there's a cover band playing and they're going to do some rat songs, right? That's kind of what it sounded like. It, it wasn't a lot of professionalism. The guys kind of looked like they just got off work, you know, and, and walked right. on stage. And I mean, it, it's just, yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't great. It was, it was, yeah. Yeah. Guys, you know, okay. If you're going to play at a festival, look like you should be playing at a festival. Don't, don't look like you were just plucked from the audience and thrown out there. <laughs> yeah. No. Which that that also kills me. You you uh, probably see let's hear it. Hi, this is Stephen Charity from Rat. We're going to smash on Mars Attack. Well, at least he it was that like the fifth time that he finally got the name of the show right. <laughs> no, he 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 got I'm that part right. It was getting him. It was convincing him that he needed to do the interview was was the hard part. But yeah. um, if you listen to the uh, Patreon show. I'd talk I know. About- you, you tell the story. That's why everybody should be part of your Patreon. They get to hear all these great behind-the-scenes stories. No, but I, I read a headline today about how um, he was on Eddie Trunk's show. Yeah. And he said he did a 180 on something that he said when I interviewed him. Because I told him that Infestation, I thought, was a good album. Yeah. And it was one of these blueprints that, Bands of his era should use when putting out a newer album. Oh, you like that album? Yeah, that album isn't that good. You know, that album was kind of somebody else's agenda, blah, blah, blah. And then in the Eddie Trunk interview, he's saying how he loves the album and how other people, I'm like, what are you on today? Is it the red pill or the blue pill that, you know, you're, you're coming up with different opinions here? And then, you know, one of these things where, well, we have this very lucrative deal in place, you know, to go out with the original band and go out with, uh, you know, and and record a new album. But it has to be the original band. And I'm thinking, okay, first of all, can't be the original band because Rob is around. Um, Second of all, um. How lucrative is lucrative? Is he getting paid like seven fifty to do these shows now, and to get the original rat together, they're gonna get paid, you know, two grand per show, and so the, the you know he's getting something more out of it. You know what? What does he consider lucrative? Because to me, this is similar to Sebastian Boxing. Oh, we'll we'll do a stadium tour. Yeah, you with like six other bands, you guys will be doing a stadium tour. Let's be honest, because this comes back to the whole, you know, the the whole like Ace Frehley thing with with him saying that, oh, if I was in Kiss, you know, we would be selling out the place. Well, Kiss is playing to like 10,000, 15,000 people while Ace is playing to like 700 people. So I I don't buy the whole Sebastian Bach and Skid Rock and, and Skid Row and all of a sudden you know, no. they're, they're headlining the, the Pepsi Center out there by you. So I don't see that happening. Uh, could I see them opening for Judas Priest? Yes. 
Could I see them going out on a bill with Motley Crue and Rat? Yes. Could I see them opening for Guns N' Roses? Yes. Could I see them headlining the same arenas that these bands are playing? No. I mean, it's just their, their number one album was 30 years ago. You know, they haven't been consistent enough. Um, <laughs> let's see. Billy Lim is saying, I can't imagine putting up with him and Blotzer for less than 5K a show. Well, well there you go. You know, is there 5K a show available for, um, you know, for, for each member? You know, I, I don't know. And and that family is so fragmented that who knows? But anyway, let's keep the ball rolling there, Brad. What's so next? Steven, yeah, Stephen Piercy, I'm not expecting much there. That might be the time when okay. I decide that uh, my uh, breakfast has decided it needs to depart. Okay. Um, <laughs> try not to be graphic here. Uh, okay, so the next band is uh, Blue Oyster Cult. A band you don't like at all. I think um, if you had a choice between seeing them, Ario Speedwagon, um, 38 Not So Special, mm, I don't know. That would be a hard decision for you, wouldn't it? It would be very difficult. You're right. Yeah. i got to be honest, though. I mean, I've, I've, uh, Blue Oyster Colt, they come through here. They play at the um, the border town in Nevada. They've got an awesome venue out there, super great concert venue, but they play there all the time. Right. And so I always go because, I mean, you can get in for like five, ten bucks. There's not it sounds good. There's no bad seats. But after a while, after a few shows, I'm just like, you know, eh, it's it's just not it's not doing it for me anymore. I kind of I kind of just thought uh, I've they're not bringing enough. They're doing the same thing over and over kind of deal. Right. Well, uh, my brother, CEO Dave and I, we were in Chicago. We we're there hanging out with Saxon, probably where I got that pick. And the night before Saxon, Bloister Colt was playing north of there, almost to Wisconsin. And so we went out there. It was Bloister Colt and April Wine. Okay. And April Wine was on first. It, it was only two of the original guys and then a couple of young, young guns. And I got to tell you, man, they were really good. I was like, wow, this is not what I expected. I mean, they, right. they didn't move around a lot because, you know, it was, it was like, yeah, so stuff would start falling off if we started moving. Uh, <laughs> But they played the songs. Yeah, they played the songs really well, and they've got quite a decent catalog of, of really good songs. So, I mean, for an opening act, it was it was on point. Um, and then Blue Cole came on, and they started off playing a song I've never heard them play live, Transmaniacon MC, off their first album. And I'm like, holy crap! Where do you know what are they thinking pulling this out? This is awesome. This is the deepest <laughs> of the deep tracks, right? And we're gonna start off with it, and then they kind of went from there, and they were actually really good. I mean, it was like I I I had just had a blast. I, I just love the show. The only thing that would have made it better is if I had been playing bass. So just throwing that out there. Um, so I'm I'm trying not to have my expectations up too high for them. I, I think one of the reasons they're so good is they got that Richie Casta Castellano. Castellano. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that I was going to ask. You, what your, what your thoughts were on him? Because I used to post about his uh, his channel all the time. Oh. And, you know, he would do covers on there. He'd have his wife sing some stuff. He would, because he can play pretty much anything. Yeah, he plays. I think he joined the band as a bass player. And now he's playing guitar and keyboards. 
right. uh, ever since Al Lanier died. So he took that over and he does both extremely well. In fact, he's a killer guitar player and yeah. he sings really well. Yep. The guy, the guy can do anything. So I think having him and then the, the drummer that they have now and, oh, guy, that's, Oh, why can I think of his his name? Starts with a his last name starts with an R, but he's really good too. So mm-hmm. you've got two younger guys who can really play their asses off, and they bring it. You know, they're not just they right. don't just look like they're there for the money. They're they're like pushing it. And you got Eric Bloom, who I think just turned seventy five, who can barely sing anymore, but I, I think they pace it enough to where he sings just a few songs. Buck still plays and sings really really well, right. And, and, and then the bass player, which should be me, is just kind of like eh, Danny Miranda. He's he he kind of looks like Uncle Fester a little bit, um, <laughs> but he's a good bass player. But he kind of he kind of really doesn't care either. He doesn't play the lines quite right, which I would do. Just throwing that out there, guys. I would play the songs the way they should be played. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a good bass player. What can I say? But he's not much of a singer. I, I can sing. Okay. I can sing back up. Just throwing that out there. So, yeah, I'm excited to see Blue Oyster Cult. It was funny because we heard we were in the car and a Lizzie Borden version of uh, um, Burning For You came on. I didn't mm-hmm. know he, he'd covered that. And Shelly was like, uh, I prefer to hear Blue she, And I said, this guy's going to be an M3. And she goes, well, I prefer Blue Oyster Cult. And I said, well, guess what? They're going to be there, too. She's like, oh, bitch. I think that's exactly word for word what she said. Okay, so Blaster Cole. Have you ever seen Blaster Cole live? I have not. Okay, well, we can still be friends. <laughs> Those guys, I mean, you got to hand it to them. They will play until they die. They will, I, and I, I admire that so much. It's like, and and not suck. You know what I mean? They're, although I got to say, the, the, about six, seven years ago when I saw them, it was just, it was pretty tired. Mm-hmm. It was, was kind of like they, you know, they needed some Geritol. And that's when I said, I'm going to stop going to see them. But I'm back in now. Uh, okay, the next band is Extreme. Okay. What's your take on Extreme? Um, they are a band that initially I liked them because no one knew who they were and they were doing something a little different. Then Porno Graffiti came out and everyone knew who they were. And then they annoyed the ever living shit out of me. Then I really liked uh, Three Sides to Every Story. That's a great album. Yeah, I like Waiting for the Punchline. That had some good stuff on it. You know, like it's you yeah. Um, and then the the last album that they put out wasn't bad either. No. The um, Sorties of Rock, or what was the name of that album? So so the. Soldados de Rock or something like that. I don't know. Which, by the way, has one of of my favorite extreme songs. And it's, if I knew back then what I know right now, you'd know I'd be king of the ladies. Great video for that. Yeah. That's. Kid with the hot tub. Yeah. How how true is that, Victor? I mean, if we knew what we know now when we were 15 years old, we'd be king of the ladies, right? (laughs) <laughs> probably still make all the same mistakes. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right, man. Uh, but I, I love that song. Anyway, but, uh, so I did see them at M3 a few years ago. Okay. And I got to say, I'm I'm kind of a casual fan. I mean, and I know a lot of the songs. Um, I, I think Three Sides was the only album I'd owned at that point, And I do mm-hmm. like that album a lot. 
and they were doing the whole porno graffiti album uh, right. for that thing. And then they threw in a bunch of other songs too, but damn, they were really good. I mean, like yeah, they're sick players They're Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, you're just like at, at times when the, the bass and guitar and the drums are doing just like really intricate in stuff together, you're just thinking, Oh, the wheels are going to come off of this somehow, but it doesn't. And, and the vocals are on point. Um, yeah, I was I was beyond impressed with them live. But here's the, here's the other best part is uh, Nuno, he didn't want to stop playing. <laughs> so he he wanted to talk to the audience for a while, then he wanted to play just play some guitar for a while, and then before they did their last song, and so they started rotating the stage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was great. And he's like, no, no. And he started dropping F-bombs and like, yeah, you, you know, we're, I'm going to, yeah, he, they, they didn't cut the sound. He, they, he, they finished one song, but they were not facing the audience when they finished. Um, it was pretty hilarious. Oh, wow. But, but uh, I can't remember who was coming on after them, but I was like, man, Nuno. Um, all I can say is if they do that this time, mm-hmm. because guess who's good. They're the co-headliner. So guess who is the last band to play that night? Skid Row. No, Tom Kiefer, because he won't. He's not going to warm up for Extreme. Oh boy, yeah, so, I'd, I'd much if, rather see Extreme than Tom Kiefer. Yeah, if Nuno wants to play for an extra thirty minutes or so and eat into Tom Kiefer's time, I'm down with that, hundred percent. So, Nuno, I, I, yeah, so Nuno Shelley, has more mo- Nuno has more money than all of them. I mean, mm-hmm. he. He's played with Rihanna for years. He's done other stuff, soundtrack stuff. I mean, he's Nuno. Nuno has done well for himself. Yeah, and Extreme has an album they've been sitting on now for like three years. I mean, they were going to put yeah. it out when COVID hit, and I've heard again, not just the band, but uh, people that have actually heard heard it that it's like really, really good. Like, like they, these guys are super bringing it. So I was like, maybe, maybe they'll put it out before M3 year, but I doubt that now, obviously, but like, hey, get it out guys. Come on, put it out. Yeah. Yeah. So Tom Kiefer, I think we've covered him. Um, I told Shelly, she had to listen to at least one of their songs before we left. Cause again, we gotta, we gotta do, you know, Victor Ruiz rules that you got to listen to, well, two songs then. We have to listen to at least two songs before we decide that it sucks. All right. So Sunday, uh, the, uh, the third Sunday, day. Sunday, Sunday. Good. Yes. Yeah, shows start at, I like this. That, oh, VIP doors start at, uh, are open at 11 a.m., which I do. I am a VIP, by the way. Um, so bands probably start at noon or 12. It's 1225. Okay. So first band is Burning Witches. You interviewed somebody from this band. I guess they're not in the band anymore. Is that right? Yeah. And after she left the band, the I lost. I kind of lost interest in the band because um, I think I think the album "Dance with the Devil," which is where she plays on Sonia yep. Anubis, uh, is really good because she brings like a different element to the playing. They got rid of her, and the guitarist that took over for her is good, but. There, she, it, her playing is a lot like, um, how could I put this? Um, her playing, she finds a lot of open spaces and a lot of different things to fill with melodies. And 
apparently the band didn't like that. It's one of the reasons why she left. And they also wouldn't let her write parts. So um, she actually just left another band called Crypta because she wants, she's focusing on her band called Cobra Spell. Yeah. Which is also like an 80s throwback band. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing them. I told Shelly, I said, yeah, we got to get out of bed. And because uh, I want to see, I want to see these girls play. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually excited to hear them. Uh, the next band is Leatherwolf. Now, here's the funny thing. Okay, there's like three bands from the '80s that I continually get mixed up. One of them's Lizzie Borden. They're all L bands. One of them's the Lillian Axe, and the other is Leatherwolf. Leatherwolf. That's funny. I I I can't tell them I can't tell them apart. Um, but maybe I, and it's funny they're all on the the bill, but not on the same day. Thank goodness. So I I think I'll forever now have these bands sorted out in my head after seeing Leatherwolf. What do you know about these guys? Um, I know the name. I know I've heard songs before by them and little else. Okay. All right. Well, I will. Uh, yeah. Follow me on Snapchat, get a, get a full report and some video. There you go. Okay. Uh, choir boys, choir boys. Oh my gosh. How'd they get on this bill? But okay. How'd they get in the country. So the band, the band without spike or the band with spike. Cause now they kicked I, him out. So right. he says that he owns the name. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to do a little deep dive on this. Who's the singer? Is it Spike or is it somebody else? Yeah. Um, so I don't know what to expect, other than it's probably gonna be good old, you know, pub rock, British right. rock, and uh, it should be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll I'll let I'll let you know what I think about them. Um, I think they got they got some juice from uh, uh, Peacemaker, right? They got some big juice from that show. Um. Don't you remember yeah. one episode where he's like, I want this, you know, you got the choir, London choir boys. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Played the first cut off it. And then later they play, uh, you know, it's Saturday night or whatever the song is. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They played two songs off. It was heavily featured. The yes. Episodes. Yeah. So, which props to that show for, for pimping out the music that a lot of the music that we like anyway. Yeah. I think, I think it's pretty ballsy for them to have wigwam uh be the theme the theme song absolutely that that what kind of a huge injection was that for them god no (laughs) kidding yeah i'm surprised they're not on this bill yep me too all right so so choir boys uh we'll get them oh i'm expecting them to come out and and be a kind of a 30 minutes of a party uh you know jeremy was there he would probably be you know we'd put our arms around each other and sing along it'd be great uh, and then XYZ's on, and I don't know what your feeling is about them. Um, I remember back in the day liking a song or two, I mean, but they were kind of you know, by the time they came out, the 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 third or fourth wave of that kind of music, and you know, they needed to have the big ballad and they needed to have you know certain prerequisites and. I think by the time I saw them, I was kind of done with a lot of those bands. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I think they're great. Um, I've, I've seen, I've seen them at M3 and I saw them here locally 
about three or four years ago. And their new guitar player that they have, and guy, I feel bad, his name's um, Tony. Um, oh, guy. Yeah, but he he's the real deal. Okay. I, I stood I stood right in front of him at the at the club I saw him at here and his playing. I I thought if I was starting a band right now, I would pick this guy to play with me. Number I mean, one was, draft pick. Yeah, he was that good. He was okay. he was um, he was just effortless and his tone was off the charts. His riffing was just I, I mean, yeah, he he was everything. And the other thing I liked about him was he was having fun during the whole show. He's smiling. He was having, he's having a blast, man. I'm like, I was all in on that. And then saw him at M3 after that show. And and they, again, they were good, but they didn't get to play very long. And Terry Luce, uh, that guy can sing. He can still really, really sing. So, so I'm excited to see them. Uh, I've, I saw them back in the, back in the uh, first, when they put out their first album, they played a club here and I saw them then and they were really good. Saw them, uh, the second album they played here. And I don't think it was the the original drummer. It was somebody else in there. And okay. kind of like your experience with MSG, this guy wasn't playing the stuff right. And he kind of sabotaged the songs. Yeah, it's like, yeah. You know, a drummer, I, I'm just going to say, drummer is the most important man in the band or person in the band. Absolutely is. Because if they suck, the <laughs> rest of the band can't make up for that. But right. yeah, they can take an average band and make them sound really good too. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, so af after XYZ, ooh, it's a it's a real treat. I'm gonna get to hear Ingve J. Malmstein, which that's one of my favorite Spinal Tap moments when they're holding up his record, and he yeah. says, "Well, it's a good thing they put the J in there to make sure that we don't confuse him with all the other Ingve Malmsteins." <laughs> that's, that's that that was brilliant comedy right there. So we already hit him on Fireside. If you want to hear us talk about Yngwie, we did ad nauseum there. And uh, so we're going to skip over him, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think after I see him. Okay, next, after Yngwie, oh, and Yngwie is going to just be, he's going to be shooting sparks out of his ass when he finds out that he's playing before Striper. Oh, boy. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, it's like here, I'm the almighty Yngwie Malmsteen, and, and I'm warming up for Striper? Um. I'm not dissing Striper here, okay? I'm I'm just I'm just dissing Ingve. Yeah, I think Ingve's probably getting his cut, and he doesn't care about anything else because, in his mind, he's number one. Mm. Well, I think that's a good way to look at life. And and I will I will tell you, there are more Ingve songs than Striper songs that I like. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your take on Striper? You ever seen him? <laughs> no. <laughs> do you want to talk about their singer michael sweet probably seems to be the nicest guy i would agree with you very nice yeah very and with this new iconic project that they released mm -hmm. um i saw that he was going to be singing there with his patch with the eye patch yeah and i'm thinking oh god how can he screw this up and then I, I hear the I hear the mix. I'm like, wow, they have him mixed really low with his voice. I like this. Yes. So yeah, he's um, really good harmony. I can't I can't imagine him singing Boston. I can't imagine how that would sound good. Oh um, my goodness. The, yeah, the, the, the stuff that he did with Tracy Guns, 
Oh, that's all awesome. a sun bomb. I tried and tried and tried, and I really like Tracy's playing. I, I'm a huge Tracy Guns fan, but his yeah. voice just kills it for me. I just can't take it. The stuff, the Sweet and Lynch stuff, it's the same thing. I just start to hear the fucking howls he does, and I'm like, no, why, why was the was 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 Ronnie Romero not available? I mean, what, what's the story here? You know, come on. Was yeah. Ripper busy doing something else? Doogie, you know, the, the usual go-tos. Now, Renato from Electric Mob. You know, were, were none of these guys available to be part of these projects? Because it kills it for me. Um, yeah. I see Bill. Bill's asking about the eye patch. I, I'm guessing, as a, as a poison person, I'm guessing there was some kind of a some bad bad incident with some bleach maybe or maybe he was maybe he was trying to join the mile high club and forgot to duck uh <laughs> i don't know i read somewhere that he had he recently had eye surgery okay and it's it's funny because i'm watching the video and i'm seeing um who's the other guitarist in the band? Uh, Joel Hoekstra. Joel Hoekstra is wearing yeah. sunglasses the entire video. And I'm thinking the wrong guy's wearing sunglasses. Did, did, does Michael not, could he not have borrowed KK's uh, sunglasses from the turbo tour after he got the uh, headstock mm. in his eye and had a black mm. eye for most of the tour? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Maybe he thought the eye patch was a good look. The, the, arr, the, arr. The, arr. We're we're meaner now. We're, we're now striper. Okay, so I'm gonna have to say something nice about Michael here, though. Besides him being a nice guy, I I really like his guitar tone. I, I think his I, I his think guitar his, playing is great. No, but his tone, man. I mean, his, his, not his, so his much, and it sounds really good. But I saw I, I here's my problem with striper. Okay. Is the lyrics are just too much. Okay. And, and I mean, I, I love God. I love Jesus. And I know damn well that Jesus ain't on board with what Shriper's doing. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's like, I don't like my, I don't want the metal guys singing about me unless it's like really cool. Like when black Sabbath does after forever, he says, right. I'm, I'm down with that. You know, I'm I'm down with the you know speaking the truth kind of thing. Not let's be all Jesus bandwagony. Um, yeah, yeah I, I have a hard time with that. Uh, just it's too gimmicky, man. The, the old songs. I, I think that their last couple albums have actually I've, I've enjoyed them a little bit because their lyrics are not over the top. Well, you know? they don't write the lyrics. That's why they they um, have someone from oh, God writes them. <laughs> well. I think it's the um, Alex Del Vecchio or whatever his name is. Oh, That's, really? Yeah, like the in-house Frontiers mm -hmm. lyricist. I think he's the one that's been – because right. they had an issue with one of the albums where hmm. supposedly the lyrics weren't godish enough. So wow. they said, oh, well, you guys aren't delivering, you know, what we wanted. And I believe – if I remember the story correctly, he he helped write the following few albums. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, that's so, what I want. Some guy who English isn't their first language, right? In the lyrics. Right. Makes sense. 
but uh, fine. I mean, like I said, I don't mind them because it's just it's not as cornball. Right. I mean, I, I mean I, I'm not here to see the righteous gems, gemstones, man. I, I'm here to. <laughs> uh, I'm here to rock, man. Oh shit! <laughs> you don't you don't want to see anyone uh, think that they killed someone on the beach with the uh, like Goliath, uh, David David and Goliath uh, thing there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put an eye out. Um, so yeah, so striper, we'll we'll see. I'm kind of surprised they're that deep on the bill. I mean, because that's uh, they're like third third from last. Is that God right? wanted them to be there. <laughs> uh, let's see so billy them is saying is he is he the guy what's the guy's name who puts on this thing um why can't i think of his name i should know this i've been uh, trying to get in with this camp for the longest time and they're they're having nothing none of me gotta but, ask uh, mr Triegel. yeah they're uh i'm not i'm i'm like you man i'm i'm not that guy i'm not gonna yeah. say hey can you can you like you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I go in with my own merits i i've sent him email oh eric baker that's it eric baker, eric baker. Uh, seems, like, something seems like a nice guy and uh he manages who does he manage um oh the la guns the la guns that's not a, the steve riley la guns he manages them so they're they're typically there i'm surprised they're not there and then he's also he was also managing another band um uh, uh hurricane okay uh, they were there last time, last year. The the rebuilt the couple of the original guys from Hurricane that got kicked out for the second real album or third right. album. And uh, those guys really looked like they needed to rehearse. They weren't bad, but they just they look so lost on stage. They're kind of like, "What are we doing up here?" They're just kind of walking around, looking at each other. It's like, dudes, get out again, get out there and rock, man. They they needed to consult me. I I put them through the paces. I'd be like, look, boys, we're going to get in fight and shape here. We're going to go out there and we're going to slay. We're going to make people want to buy our album. Of course, they were like, oh, we got a new album. It's going to be out in a month. Well, it's been, well, not a year, but close. Haven't heard that album. <laughs> oh, it's out of our control. It's the record company that we're not part of. Um, okay, so Striper, I think we've hit that. Yeah, I... Yeah, his voice, and I know he knows it because I've heard him talk about this in interviews. He says, I know a lot of people don't like my voice. Well, guess what? We have the ability to make our voices a little bit, you know, like, yeah, I'm not going to do the really just off the chart vibrato and right. sound, sound sound like I swallowed, you know, hydrogen peroxide or something. <laughs> and, you know, I've got all this. I've got extra oxygen coming out. Uh so Billy Lum here is saying, so you're saying he should have waited for the bleach to dry. <laughs> and he's saying he had both eyes when I met him in Nashville. So all I have to say is you got to be real careful when you're staring into Satan's butthole. There you go. So we brought it full circle now. Jesus, God, Satan, the whole thing. Okay, enough religion. Let's move on to the, the skid row. Okay, we were going to talk about Skid Row. I'm going to tell you what I uh, I saw Skid Row years ago with the uh, uh, VP ZP whatever his name was three. Yeah. They were they're they're just all right. They were kind of just eh. I mean, they weren't bad. They just weren't great. And then I saw them a couple of weeks ago warming up for Scorpions in Las Vegas, and oh my gosh, they were incredible. I mean, okay. I'm talking incredible. Yes, 
yeah, off the charts, really, really good. I enjoyed every every bit of that, even the songs I really well, I don't really care for a lot of those songs. I was like, man, I'm all of a sudden now I'm a Skid Row fan. And it was mostly because of Eric's uh, singing. Mm-hmm. That guy effortlessly, oh my gosh. I mean, he's not, talk about we go from one guy who probably could use some singing <laughs> lessons to this right. guy who who just, he's very easy to listen to. He's mm-hmm. not annoying. He's, uh, and he's from Sweden. But I mean, guy, this guy, he sang those songs like, you know, he didn't sing them like a replacement singer. He right. owned he he looked the part, man. He was out there on stage like I am the band, and there were, and he, I'm with the rest of the band. You know what I mean? It was like the whole thing was yeah, yeah. yeah the whole guy, everybody on stage was like like working together. Whereas with ZP, it was kind of like they're playing their songs, and this guy they just wheeled him out here to sing them. And, right. I mean, he I could say, thought that was a weird mix, though. You know, because yeah, it was a weird mix. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. So I think what they're going, what they've got now, and we'll see if they don't kick him out after the album comes out. Um, if he doesn't do something to piss off somebody, I don't know that those guys are that hard to get along with, but we'll find out. Maybe it's the singers that are hard to get along with. That's usually the case, isn't it? Yeah. LSD. So but Eric, Eric, Eric seems like a genuinely good guy. He, he really worked the crowd unbelievably well. He jumped down in the crowd a few times and was singing with people. He grabbed people's phones and shot video with them, you know, and did sell. I mean, the guy was just working it hard. I'm like that. That's the guy you want fronting your band. The guy who gets everybody on their side. Right. Like, right, right. Like, yeah. We like this guy. And not only that, the guy can really sing. Right. So, so I'm expecting them to put on a, a good show and they're, they're second to the headliner, which last time I saw them, they were way down the bill at M3. Wow. Yeah. They were not, they were like one of the maybe third or fourth band. So they're next to last and last. And I'm not going to say least is Tesla. Hmm. Have you seen, have you seen Tesla? I have seen Tesla. Okay. What's your, what's your thoughts there? Um, A band that I have for the most part always enjoyed, although the last few albums have left me kind of cold. Yeah. Um, I will say that. I've seen them with David Rude, not with Tommy in the band. David seemed really out of place when I saw him. Oh, interesting. He was. It seemed like it. It seemed like it was Tesla, and then this other guy who just joined them on stage with bell bottoms, bell bottoms that had roses like sewn into them, and. Um, he was wearing this like uh rerun like hat from uh, <laughs> yeah, I was looking at him. I'm like, the fuck is going on here? Like Frank Hannon looks like he's ready for the beach, and you look over at at David Rudin. I'm like, this is some like hippie revival going on over here. And it was it was weird because you know he'd play Tommy's parts, and at least at that time, I think I think it was early on. In fairness, with him being in the band, yeah. But the songs were just missing energy. They were missing a bite that Tommy brings to the band, and and to me, the band started to go downhill when Tommy was out. You know, it's one of these things where, much like Steve Clark with Def Leppard, once Steve Clark was gone the bite was missing that kind of dangerous element. Those riffs that came out and like really grabbed you were, were his. And once he was gone, 
You know, okay, so there's a few things here and there. Forevermore has some okay stuff on it. There's like one or two really good songs, mm-hmm. and the rest is just kind of okay. The the rest, though, after that, Simplicity, I thought was a terrible album. Shock, I know Mike Jones really likes the album. I've never been able to Our Mike Jones really get into it. Yeah, I've seen them a lot of times now, and they're a band that I really like, uh, especially the old albums. I I really, really like them, like them a lot. Uh, The first four albums are great. Yeah, yeah, I I think Bust a Nut is just an incredibly good album. I think those guys were really, I mean, of course, everything was going to hell with that kind of music at that point. But uh but you and look at Bust the Nut, you look at what I was saying about Tommy, mm-hmm. the song Solution. The song Solution oh, is yeah. Tommy 100%. It yeah. has that big riff to suck you in at the beginning of the song, and then just the transition into the chorus and out. And You could tell, I mean, the, the he was a heavy hitter playing, you know, and he still is. I mean, the stuff that I heard from a Re- Resistant Bite was cool. But Have they released anything from that? Yeah, they released. Uh, I think they released a, a a full a full length, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah did they did they actually show up and play at Rock and Pod last year? Yes. Like yeah. yeah. Cool. I re- I really wanted to see them. I I'm I'm ho- I'm pulling for him. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see them uh, uh, do something. So, but yeah, my experience with them is that I I get bored after a while. Live. Right. It, they're not they don't they don't bring like an element of like excitement when they play they're just kind of right. like they're good. They're, they're good they're proficient but like i said there's just something missing there to make you to make you it really grab you and they've got songs that could typically do that but then yeah. you know once they roll out and do this song isn't even in my fucking list i i, ah. I stand it um Love song is the name of it. I remember. Yeah, uh, that's, that's awful. Oh my god! I remember trying out for a covers band years ago, and I said, "Well, I'm not really a ballads guy, you know." And, and the singer's like, "Well, we got to play Love Song by Tesla." I'm like, "Um, okay, whatever." And oh my god, it was so crazy. Dude had. One wig to go to work and one wig to pretend to be a rock star. So, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, wear, I wear the same wig. Um, both, both. Well, this is exactly the wig I was wearing as I was working today. Yeah. So, well, me too. So, yeah. Um, um, yeah. I think that song is, but in, in all fairness, though, I'm going to tell you what right now when they do play it, people mm-hmm. are going to drop their pants oh, man. yeah 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 that song and signs i can't stand oh either oh, oh oh god i've yeah. heard them so many fucking times and to think yeah. you know a band that has um coming at you live oh um rock me to the this top modern day cowboy oh. little Susie, hang tough lady luck you know that first, uh, album, that first album is like what I mean. It's it's solid from start to finish. There's not not a bad thing on that first. To album. me, the second one outside second of one. Love Song is the same thing. Yeah, it's just I think the for me the production's a little too polished. It's a little, it's not okay. a, a rough 
to it. Right. It's a little too. Yeah. But I it's think the songs on there are great except for love song. It's possible that Davey Vane had something to do with that first album. Yeah. There you go. That's the production. So, yeah. Yeah. That first album. So guy, the first time I heard it, I, I was, it was, um, the studio we were recording at, I'd always steal music from there. Cause the guy had, <laughs> the guy who owned the studio, he had all this stuff. And he, I think the Tesla, the first album had just come out and he had it on cassette. And he goes, yeah, I haven't listened to this yet. And I said, well, let me take it. And I threw it in my car and it stayed in there. I mean, that <laughs> first album stayed in my car till the next time we went and recorded, I didn't take it out. And I'm like, Dude, this is a really good album. Yeah, you, you modern good. day cowboy off of that is another awesome. one like awesome. the Vein song that I mentioned before, where MTV mm-hmm. was playing it months yeah. before Mechanical Resonance even came out, and it said Tesla, modern day cowboy, mm-hmm. and then Geffen Records, and that was it. Yep. And I remember I was waiting. I'm like, when the hell is this album going to come out? I want to hear it. This song is so good. And I remember this was on MTV had, um, um, they had a, they had like a thing where you had to call in and vote whether a song would stay or whether you would get rid of it, you know? And, and this overwhelmingly people voted to keep the song on MTV. So yeah. great yeah, song. Yeah, great album. So I'm here's the other problem. My uh Shelly, she cannot stand Jeff Keith's voice. <laughs> she she says, I can only tolerate like one song in a row by them. And then and I don't know, I, I don't have a problem with them. I mean, it's a, at times it gets a little too raspy, right. you know, like you smoked way too many doobies. And <laughs> I mean yeah, so we'll see how long Shelly puts up with uh, Tesla. We'll put the over-under at five songs, okay? So I'll <laughs> leave. are you going to go over-under that she's going to want to leave? I'm going to go under. Okay. I'm going to be optimistic and go over. So we'll see. I'll, I'll report back on that. I'll, <laughs> tell you what, I'll tell you what song she says, that's enough, and we're leaving. <laughs> I've seen them, and I'm not going to be like, damn it, we have to stay until they do love song. <laughs> so you think that it's over? And she says, yep, it is over. (laughs) You can sing? Come on, Art. Jeez, Art. (laughs) Uh, Uh. So, so, so there's the, there's the whole uh, uh, M3. Uh, No, no real big hitters in there. I'd say they're all kind of mid-level on down, but I think it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, for the crowd, I mean, for what the festival is all about, I mean, that sounds like a good bill. The nice thing is, is that, okay, I've, I've learned a trick there, is that the front row of the fixed seats, they don't sell those. They save them for the, you know, VIPs, the people, but those people are wow. too cool to actually go sit out there. They want to, they'd rather be backstage where all the food and drinks are gotcha. or go stand, you know, go stand with the people, uh, the people in the pit. Those are the real chosen ones which they're sitting on folding chairs. Okay. So these seats, they're, they're, they're nice. I mean, they're comfy seats. So I've learned that I buy a seat somewhere in there and then I just go right down to the front. I get to know the usher. How you doing, man? Yeah. I'm sitting right here. Like, cool. Nobody gives me, nobody gives me any crap. And I sit in the front row all three days. Yeah. So 
You're Bob Euchre. Yeah, do not. Yeah, if if you're going to M3, man, you're welcome to come sit with me, but do not take my seat away from me, okay? Now that you know the trick. <laughs> Must be in the front row. Yeah. So this. So anyway, it's really cool. But for Shelly, who is short, she doesn't like going to shows where there's always the biggest guy in the venue sitting in, or standing in front of her, and she can't right. see anything. So that's the other reason she loved it. We're sitting, you got a cover over the top. So if it's really hot, you're fine. If it's raining, you're fine. And, and, uh, sounds is great. And you get to sit down. You can stand up when you want to stand up. You can sit down when you want to sit down. And so therefore I, as an old guy, I can enjoy 10 hours of rock. Bring it. What else do you want? Um, I don't know. I, I think that's pretty good. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having a good time. Now, are you going to be hitting up Orioles games? Or yeah, we're going we're gonna to go. Uh, we fly out tomorrow. We get in a little before midnight, and then the next day is uh, see Sunday. It's a day game in Baltimore, so we're going to go to we're going to go to a game in Baltimore. The next day, we're probably going to go to a game. My buddy from D.C. is coming up, and we're going to go to – that's a night game, Monday night. Then we're going to really get crazy, and we're going to probably go to Philly and go to a game there. I've, I've never been to Philadelphia. You've never been to to, to, to Philadelphia? No, I've never been there. I've never been to the stadium there, and so I'm ex- that's one to check off my list because I am trying to hit them all. Not this year, but that'd be nice. Um, I've, well, actually I got to see a Rangers Flyers hockey game at that point. It was called the, uh, first union arena. It was called the, or no, the first union center. I forget. Well, everyone called it the, the FU arena because of the initials. Um, (laughs) next to that, you have the old, old stadium, which I believe is gone now. It was the Philadelphia spectrum, which for us, who um, who rooted against Philly teams? Uh, we affectionately called it the rectum. So uh, so there you go. And and they always talked about how uh, the old uh, JFK Stadium down there was one of the worst stadiums ever built in the in the states. It was cold, it. And ugly. Yeah. Well, there's two new stadiums now. They have. Uh, Oh yeah, that one's gone. That that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They gone. built a team for one for the Phillies and one for the for the Eagles. So yeah, I was I was thinking about the one in D.C. that 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 one where the Redskins used to play back in the day. RFK. RFK. Yeah, that place. Oh god, it, it looks like something out of a, a dystopia movie. Um, well, can't believe they haven't turned it down yet. I guess they did in one of the. Um, uh okay, what movie was it? The the X X-Men? Didn't they okay. didn't they yeah, yeah. Didn't pick it up and throw it at somebody or something? Yeah, could could yeah. be. I don't remember if it was RFK yeah. or not. That's probably the uh, best thing that ever happened to that stadium. Well, I'll <laughs> I'll I'll tell you this. Was watching um who are the Sixers playing? They're playing the Raptors in the playoffs. Was yep. watching was watching one of their games. And there was like two minutes left. and There was maybe a six, eight point difference or something. And they're showing all of these people just like leaving the Comcast center. And uh, and I said, you know, Philadelphia, once again, proving that they are the world's worst fans. There is not a city with more bandwagon fans 
wow. in any other part of the world. Do you know that a Monday after an Eagles game, the hospitals are filled with people with broken ankles from all the bandwagon jumpers <laughs> jumping off of the bandwagon. <laughs> so when I saw all of these Sixers fans filing out of the arena, I said, well, it's good to know they haven't changed. They're just as big a bandwagon fans as they've always been. So um, I'm going to throw Atlanta in there with them. Okay. Yeah, and I, I've talked to people from Atlanta, and they go, well, yeah, if you knew what it was like to always have a team that, you know, would maybe get there and then suck and not do well, you know. It's like, cause, what are you talking like, about? What about the Braves? Oh, I know. They won the World Series last year. But, yeah, during the season, they're, they're putting maybe, you know, 15,000, 20,000 in the stands, and then people will finally show up. But maybe the first round of the playoffs, then they maybe get to 30. And, oh, World Series, now we're going to all go. We're going to all go now. I, I loved it in the '90s, where oh, we're the team of the decade, and 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 that that nonsense star stopped yeah. when when it turned out that they only won one stupid World Series in the entire decade, and uh, the Yankees had won I think three or four in the '90s. It's like, yeah. how can you consider yourself the team of the '90s if you haven't even won the most amount of World Series? They won the and, division. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, the, you know, and the only city to lose two NHL teams, not one. Wow. But two. Well, I, I can see why I wouldn't I wouldn't want to have a team there. I wouldn't yeah. want to play in front of those people. Plus the stupid. God, don't get me going on that. Um, so, Bill, is, is Bill live in Nashville or is he? No, uh, I think Bill lives up in Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. All right. So, um, he, 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 met, guys, he, but he goes to Pond. Pond. Yeah. I really want to go next year. I've heard it's going to be in the spring next year. You, you would yes. know that since you're running yeah. the website. That's, that's the plan. They're doing like a retreat in. Yep. And then like July. July of this year. Yeah. And they're going to have. Um, Chris is announcing like various speakers that are going to be there and it's going to be very podcaster centric. Right. Whereas rock and pod, it will still have, you know, a degree of uh, yeah. podcaster stuff, but you know, you've got that other element with, you know, uh, yeah, band. entities of bands. Yeah. Musicians. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I, I'm I'm planning on going next year, whenever it is, and uh, I'll I'll lean on you to clue me into when when it's going to be. I, uh, it'd be really I and I understand your limitations with getting there. Yeah, but, I wish I wish I could go, but it's you know one of these things where I can't just say, hey, I'm going to Rock and Pot. I know you guys have been wanting to visit the states for ten <laughs> years, but you know I'm yeah. going to Rock and Pot. See you guys. You know, in three days, and and I, you know, it's 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 a few grand to get. No, I totally get it, and uh, yeah, but if if Chris ever decided that it was worth the worth the money to fly you over there, which I oh, I'm, he's offered, he's really? offered, well, yeah, I, I've turned right. it down okay. because especially the first year, he he's he offered. Year one, definitely. Year two, he may have as well. And I said to him, look, as much as I'd love to go, as much as I'd love to hang out with you guys, 
no one's going to rock and pod to see me. Spend the money on somebody who's going to ensure that you can do the expo another year. You know, spend it on a Michael Sweet. Spend it on a Mark Slaughter. On other guests that will bring people in. Um, As much as, you know, I... I'd love for there to be more attention put on me and more people listening to the show and, and all that stuff. I'm also cognizant of reality and what it is in this world, maybe in another universe or another dimension. Um, I'm the Eddie trunk of that world, but on this world, on our world, not the case. Yeah. Well, you know, let's, let's think about it this way. You know, back when I first started listening to Eddie trunk uh, before they, the first time when they, before they kicked him off of uh, XM, it was on XM then, I think, or was this? Yeah. Serious. I can't remember. Anyway, they kicked him off for a while. Then he got back on, but I mean, he wasn't really anybody back then other than, you know, he had his terrestrial show and he was always pimping that out. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he he had the thing where you have people call in and he put them on and every single one of them sounded like some guy that was just just barely woke up from 1988 and like, Oh, 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 yeah. What do you think about Iron Maiden? It's too bad. Those guys aren't doing anything like what, where, where have you been? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, that was like everybody, I always wanted to ask Eddie. I said, Eddie, don't you wish somebody would actually call up and actually not sound number one, like they're stoned. Number two, sound like they've got more than four teeth. Number three, Sound like they actually got their GED. Number four, sounds like they know what the hell they're talking about and actually asked a question, like a real question, other than whatever happened to um, Zach Wild. You know the guy that played with Ozzy? What happened to him? Oh, my God. That shit just drives me nuts. Hey, you know, I used to love, you know, um, Judas Priest back in the day, you know. Um, it, it sucked that they kind of went away after that turbo album. Yeah. They've yeah. released like 12 albums since asshole. I'm a huge fan. What, you know, no, what, you're not. What, yeah, exactly. That's you're what. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I apologize to all the dumbasses who are listening right now. <laughs> Today. I, 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 again, on the Patreon show, I did this on the, Tuesday night trivia. I did this. Jeremy was applauding me. I'm sorry, but a lot of fans are not diehard fans. They are casual music listeners. They're not fans. They're Mm -hmm. listeners. Okay. There's a difference because when somebody says, Oh man, I, I love docking, you know, it sucks that they broke up and they never released anything after, after, after back for the attack, you know, uh yeah uh not only has george lynch released two other albums with the band um they've released like another four albums of original material since then you know it's one of i'm a huge fan whatever Mm. happened to uh no he's only released 38 albums since then yeah, you know it's 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 ridiculous. No, I was I was reading comments um, from the Decibel Geek site because Chris wrote something pertaining to uh, how fans are the ones that are killing you know newer bands by not wanting to check them out, and 
check out older bands. And and there were two. I have to approve the comments that that go on there. Ah, that's why I never get my stuff on there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> So there's there's two different sets of comments. One was how modern guitarists just care about speed and they don't care about writing good songs. And I'm thinking, what? Again, lazy listener. Yeah. Because, okay, who's playing shreddy stuff? Uh, Guys that just do that kind of stuff. But there are other players out there that play blues-based hard rock. There are others that that do. I mean, there's good music coming out all the time. Then there was somebody else that that was, well, we wanted to entrust rock to those grunge people. So what did we expect? And I'm thinking, okay, grunge was something that happened 30 years ago. Yeah. When was the last time grunge was the big thing? Like 95, 96. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where the fuck has this person been all of these years? Okay. And then and then they they wrap up their post by saying, Oh, no, thank you. You can keep all of your indie bands and you can keep all of your garage bands to yourself. And I'm thinking, okay, so since that point in time that you point out. Um, there are bands like Oasis that have come and gone that have nothing to do with that stuff. That to me was a phenomenal band. You had all of the new metal bands that came out at the end of the nineties. Um, you've had, you've had a ton of new bands that have come out since 89 to now. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. 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 And it's just, Stupid that I'm such a huge fan and they ruined it for me. No, you ruined it for yourself with your closed mindedness. So I'm going to bet on the old war horse. Okay. So you would rather, you know, as we're saying, go see some band that absolutely sucks live now, who's a shell of their former selves. But because that's all you know, oh, they're still great. They're churning out. They're churning it out. You know, they're putting out another album. It doesn't mean that it's a good album, you know, or the. the, the or, f- are, are you even actually buying that album? Well, okay, that's I, another thing. Yeah. So I got another quick story here. So I went and saw um, it was when Saxon was warming up for Judas Priest. Okay. And, uh, or, I think it was Battering Ram. Was, the, was that the album? Um, but anyway, uh, so they did it. They did a couple of headlining shows in between three shows, and one of them was in St. Louis. And I'm like, "Well, I'm going because I want to see a whole set of Saxon, and I right. want to see a warm-up set. I want to see a headlining set." So flew into St. Louis, went and saw him there. It was, you know, I'm I'm out there with the people. I'm in the front, right in front of the thing, and I'm chatting up the people and like, "Hey, you know, so it, you know, what do you guys think of the new Saxon album? Uh, haven't heard it." But, you know, man, if they play, oh, guy, if they play Dallas 1 p.m., that'd be like the best thing ever. And I said, well, yeah, you're going to get a lot of that. But, they're, you know, they're going to be playing because when they come out headlining with a new album, they'll play six songs off that new album. Right. And like, uh, well, uh, I guess I'll wait and see if I like it and then maybe I'll go buy it. 
was like, you know what? You guys, you guys are telling me you like great Saxon fans. You haven't bought an album since 1986. Right, right, right. Exactly. Like, what the hell kind of a fan are you? Oh, I love Saxon. I love him so much. I saw him, you know, here back in 83, and they were so good and haven't bought an album since, but I still think they're the best. So like, yeah. you're missing a lot of music, man, a lot of great music. So, yeah, you're right. Lazy fans, they need to get out there. People need to buy this stuff. It's not hard to find. Um, no. you can- and and with the streaming services, there's no excuse. Yep. Because you can sample the stuff before you buy it. And, yep. and, and you know, the, it's, or, it's never, it's never going to stand up to the old. It's never going to stand up to denim and leather. It's not supposed it's to. It's not supposed to. No, it's supposed to be its own thing. It's, you know, and here's the other uh, thing. I, I used to hear Mitch Lafon say this all the time. It's like, Guy, you know, if only there was like, you know, back in the day, you had radio that would point you towards new, new songs and new this. And MTV would, t- you know, show you new things. And there's no place you can go for that anymore. That'll, t- you know, show you new bands and show you new albums. Like, well, guess what? There's this thing called Yard Metal, yardmetal.com, where you know what we do? We play some classic old songs, but we play a lot. Most of our stuff is new. And most of it's going to be bands you've never heard of before. But... I wish Jeremy was here. It's funny. He called me out like, I don't know, six months ago. He said, I finally heard a song I don't like. And uh, I, I agreed with him. I said, yeah, I don't like that song either. So now that you're in my camp, I'm taking it off the air. I'm never playing that song again. But, <laughs> awesome. but I mean, I do play some stuff that I'm not 100% behind because I'm not, I'm, I'm not, a, you know, I'll play things that people want to hear. I'll, I, I listen to other people and, uh, but anyway, it's I, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to show people, hey, you can listen, you can hear new bands. You right. Just, you don't have to listen to the whole album. You can just hear one song and hear another band. And, and you know, and if you don't like that song, listen on. You're probably going to hear a song you're going to like in the next two or three songs if you right. stick with it for a while. Because I've had a guy do that too. They turn it on one song, they hear like one minute and go, ah, I don't like this song. So they shut it off. I'm like, how could you judge something by part of one song? Right, right, right. Give us, give us, I'm saying, give us at least 15 minutes. Listen for 15 minutes. If you don't like what you're hearing, I'm, yeah, go, go somewhere else. Go back, pull out your cassettes and go listen to them. There, yeah. there was a slogan for an AM station in New York, and it was, give us 15 minutes and we'll give you the world. So. Good slogan. I should. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There you go for yard metal. Give us 15 minutes. We'll give you what's up today in the metal world. Or I don't know. Give give us 15 minutes and we'll rock your ass off, man. That's what I'm going to tell you. Give us 15 minutes and we'll rock your world. Yeah. We're rocking the world, man. And yeah, you can't, you can hardly, if you spend like 20 minutes on the station, you're going to probably hear one band from Sweden. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Why? Because there's all these bands in Sweden that are putting out decent music and they're rocking, man. They're rocking, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm not playing ballads. You're not gonna hear a love song. You'll hear Tesla on there, but you're not gonna hear you're not gonna hear the songs on the radio from Tesla. What about signs? Can can, can we nope. jam signs, man? No, no signs. Sorry. Oh man. No, and and you'll you'll love this too because we have a thing where people can request songs. Mm-hmm. And I always get somebody is like, hey, can you play Crazy Train? And the answer to that is no. I mean, I could, but I'm not going to because you know what? You can hear that everywhere. 
Yeah. You don't have to, the whole idea of yard metals is like, Hey, I want to try listening to some stuff that I haven't heard. Or, you know, I sprinkled things in there you've heard before, but not on yeah. a radio station probably. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. The, the, the good old gimmick, the, uh, Oh, let's, let's take the fans request for lunch. You know, the, yeah. uh, the request time for lunch. Hey, can you play Frankenstein? Nope. Uh, yeah. Can you play Godzilla by Blue Oyster Cult? Nope. I won't play that either. And I love that song, but I'm not going to play it because you, you've heard it. Yeah. You know, you want to reminisce. Don't turn us on. You're like, I want to rock out and I want to have fun. And I want to hear yeah. some music I haven't heard before. Yard metal. Download the app. Check it out, man. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, you'll hear some stuff that, Maybe it's like, wow, you know, if you're old like me, it's like, man, I haven't heard anybody play that on the radio since 78. Right. You'll hear something like that. No, but hey, not man, can, you, can you play Ragdoll by Aerosmith? Um, the answer there is no. Hell no. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't happening. You want to hear, uh, um, okay, what, what's, you want to hear Adam's Apple? I'll play that. Cheesecake? Yeah, Cheesecake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know that song. Oh, you don't? I like that's Cheesecake, but I, I don't know the song. So <laughs> That's that's an Aerosmith song. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in any event, check out Yarg Metal. Check yes. out uh, everything that I have going on at MarsAttacksRadio.com. Uh, check out our wonderful group, on Patreon yes. so that you can vote on what band we will be discussing next month during our patron special. Yeah. And join us and join us. Absolutely. So yeah, come hang out, man. It's, it's like the coolest group of dudes to hang out with and, and just talk music. I mean, they're every, everybody, everybody who's part of your Patreon is a good dude. I yeah. mean, every, every one of them. And I, I, I like to call them all friends and, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd rather spend an evening with with Victor and all the people that are on Victor's Patreon than pretty much anybody else. There you go. So, yeah, two bucks a month, two bucks a month. I will even sponsor you if you want to try it out. You're, you too, you're too scared to cough up two bucks a month to, to see what's going on there. Which Victor's spinning out a lot of new music. I can't even keep up with it. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's one of my retirement goals is to keep up with every video you post. Wow, that's a, that's a hefty uh, <laughs> that's a hefty task. I'll give it a try. So, all right, man, Victor, thank you for having me on. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you for being on here, and these two hours have flown by, plus the uh, pre-show that we did. I know it's crazy. Well, yeah, that's the problem. We can talk forever. Um, and I can hear that they're mowing the lawn right now, which is what I was supposed to do. But oh well, this oh, is more important than mowing the lawn, right? There you go. You'll be quilting at some point later. I see. No, that ain't gonna happen either. <laughs> <laughs> I got a pack, man. I'm flying to Baltimore tomorrow. I got a pack. There you go. Yeah, awesome. this is nine days, man. I can't just take you wow. know, two pairs of underwear. I gotta, you know, I gotta be prepared. It's cold. It's it's been cold back east, so I have to take some warm stuff. There you go. 
Yeah. Awesome. So on that note, we will be leaving you folks and we will see you next week right here on the signals from Mars live stream folks. See you. Thank you for listening to the Mars attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 